0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Roast West Coast podcast. I'm glad you've chosen to spend some time this holiday season to get smarter about coffee with me. Every Friday during season one of this show, Chris O'Brien, founder and operator of Coffee Cycle in Pacific Beach, San Diego, has been educating us on the ins and outs of coffee, hopefully to help us make the best cup we can at home and allow us to appreciate this beverage just a little bit more. Chris is the arbiter I've chosen to give absolute power over my coffee education, and this week, he and I are talking about grinders, grind size, and grind consistency. I use a French press most mornings at home, so I'm partial to a coarser grind size. But as we'll talk about, sometimes the coarse settings on a grinder aren't really as accurate as you would hope, even on the good ones. Be sure to subscribe to the Roast West Coast newsletter with your email at roastwestcoast.com to get show updates, recaps, and a lot more coffee content including links to Coffee Cycle, promos on coffee discounts, and plenty more. We've had several signups this week alone, and I'm excited to welcome them to the Roast family. I'd like to say a special thank you to Chris, his team at Coffee Cycle, and the paid subscribers of the Roast West Coast podcast for helping me get into the spirit of the season. I've been using the proceeds from paid subscriptions to provide great coffee to some of the frontline healthcare workers in San Diego County. Head to RoastWestCoast.com to subscribe. There is a great offer right now for a full year of the Roast West Coast newsletter and a copy of the book Eli and Jane, which has some pretty great coffee shop scenes in it. And now, it's time to get coffee smarter, and for just another cup of coffee. Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle, welcome back to Roast West Coast, the podcast, and uh, you're here to help me get a little coffee smarter, help us all get a little coffee smarter,
1: which I always appreciate. It's always fun. We're going to we're gonna roast some coffee knowledge right into that brand of yours.
0: Oh, puns. Today's a pun day. So here's a question I have for you. When I'm using my grinder at home, mm-hmm. there's all these little different settings on it for grind size, I think. How much does grind size matter? And does it matter or does it matter more that the grinder is consistent?
1: Well, first of all, I have to applaud you because if you have a grinder that has settings on it, then that means you are using the correct type of coffee grinder. And generally, I like to be very welcoming, you know, and I don't want to be a gatekeeper to coffee. I want to make sure everyone has access to good coffee. But in this case, there is, in fact, a right and a wrong type of coffee grinder. So please, if you're out there listening and you are grinding your coffee with a blade grinder, one of those little spinny propeller blade grinders where you just hold the button down until you think it's the right size, please just stop using that thing. It only costs you $10 to $20, so it's going to be fine. Just set it aside. You can clean it out and use it to grind spices or something if you want. But instead, it's actually better to have a shop grind your coffee for you with their burr grinder b-u-r-r burr grinders are the right kind of grinder blade grinders are the wrong kind of grinder and that's for a very simple reason basically when you look at your coffee grounds it's sort of like a powder or kind of like sand you know it's got a certain consistency to it if you look at those coffee grounds under magnification if you think about them as as ice cubes You'll create a lot of different size pieces with a blade grinder. You'll create really big ice cubes and really tiny ice cubes. And if you put a bunch of really big ice cubes in water and a bunch of tiny ice cubes in water, the tiny ones melt really quick and the big ones never end up melting or take really long. So the same thing happens with our coffee grounds. So we want to make sure we're using a device, a burr grinder, to create coffee grounds, coffee particles that are very evenly sized. Um, We want them all to be the same size ice cubes.
0: I know this from you, but like the reason is so that when we're putting the water in with the grinds, all kind of sides of that coffee are being impacted equally. Right. As opposed to one side, one, a bigger chunk having more surface area and a smaller chunk having less surface area.
1: Right. Which is why I like to use that ice cube analogy, because if you think about that really big ice cube that never melts, the center of that ice cube never gets into the water and never, never melts into the water. So we want to make sure that all of the stuff that's in all of our coffee gets into the water that we're brewing all at the same time, all at the same rate. You know, you don't need to look into the particle distribution analysis by laser diffraction on a specific grinder. Just know that a blade grinder is bad and a burr grinder is good. And I'm very proud of you, Ryan, for having a burr grinder.
0: I didn't say what type of grinder I had, Chris. Well,
1: if it has settings, then it's a burr grinder. <laughs> I'm at least that confident. It's a conical burr grinder. Oh, oh, dropping some some fancy words there. All right. Well, let's stay focused here on on your question, which is uh, that there's a bunch of different settings on your grinder, and does grind size matter? The number one thing about that is consistency is the most important. So we want our grind size to have very consistent particles, which is what we just talked about with the difference between blade and burr. Most coffee grinders are sold with a large number of settings on them. You know, it might be 12 settings, it might be 20 settings, it might be 40 settings. However many settings it has, there's a good chance that a large number of those settings are actually not that useful for you. The people who make coffee grinders want them to look like they have a bunch of settings. But unfortunately, uh, for most home coffee brewers, most of those settings or a large number of those settings are are fairly unusable. I participated in a study once that uh, you know something about where we analyzed seven different coffee grinders and we looked at how useful all the settings were. And we found that generally speaking, half the settings are totally unusable in, in almost every grinder. And the nice thing about that study and that knowledge for our listeners is that if you take the halfway point on your coffee grinder at home, the halfway point setting, so setting number 10 out of 20, setting number 6 out of 12, setting number 20 out of 40, if you take that setting and you just totally ignore every grind, every setting that's coarser than that setting, every, every setting that creates larger particles than that setting, just never use that. Just never use half those settings. It seems kind of ridiculous, and it seems like why would the coffee grinder manufacturing industry do that to us? Well, we could talk about that for a pretty long time maybe, but it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, just just don't use those settings, and you actually going to are going to be making a much better cup of coffee. So that halfway point that we picked, that's your coarsest setting, and that setting is usually best for the French press. You'll see a lot of people online that will tell you to use a coarse grind for a French press. That's definitely true. You want to use a coarse grind for a French press. But the reason we've discarded half of those settings is because those larger numbers, those settings in the discarded settings, are actually all inconsistent particle sizes and even larger particles, even larger pieces than we want to work with. So... Hmm. I don't know how much every listener has followed along to every episode, but we said in a previous episode that we want three to six minutes for a general brewing time for coffee. If your if your grind size, if your particle size is too large, if those uh, to use my earlier metaphor, ice cubes are too large. The ice cubes will never melt in those six minutes. So you need a size of particle, a size of grounds that will extract In the time that you're brewing
0: with the ice cube metaphor, just to clarify, we're essentially assuming like there's flavor stuck inside that ice cube and we're never getting it out. We're never releasing it because in the time we have, it's too big.
1: Exactly. And so if you try to use more time, then you start getting undesirable flavors, astringency, harsh bitterness. You can get weird tastes out of your coffee that you don't want in your coffee. So the best thing you can do is just use the right grind size, which is halfway on that grinder. Just discard that other half. Is
0: there a grinder that you use in the shop or that you think like if if somebody is going to go, you know what, I'm going to, the holidays are coming up. I'm going to buy myself a coffee grinder. You got a recommendation for people?
1: Absolutely. Um, I've used a couple different, all right, I've used a lot of different coffee grinders uh, for both home and commercial use. The study that I helped with, we found that the Bodum Bistro Burr Grinder, Bodum, B-O-D-U-M, is a, a company that makes French presses a lot, and they, uh, they actually have a nice product. Baratza is probably the most popular uh, home coffee grinding um, producer, and they make some nice nice devices. Though those didn't perform quite as well in our testing, they still are great grinders, and I love that company. I love working with them. And then the Breville Smart Grinder Pro was a grinder that we worked with in that study, which was a couple years ago, but uh, I think that grinder is still available. That grinder had uh, a lot of things going for it and was really nice to use. I'm not sponsored or endorsed by any of those companies. Those are just grinders that I have actually had experience with and used and enjoyed. If any of those three companies want to send me free stuff, I am, uh, I am in San Diego and I'm a shop called Coffee Cycle. So uh, please feel free to send me any stuff.
0: If they contact you, I will be sure to give them my address uh, they contact <laughs> me about you. And I will absolutely, I'll certainly pass along any of those freebies that come to me.
1: <laughs> well, as I said, I'm not doing it for the freebies. I'm saying I've, I've, I've literally experienced those grinders and they all have uh, something to be said for them. But at the end of the day, Yes, there are grinders that I've used that I like um, and I like more than some others, but the most important is just burr grinder instead of blade grinder.
0: If you have a grinder at home now that people are using, even if it is a burr grinder, to take a look at the grinds that are coming out of it and try to see if they're looking consistent.
1: Exactly. There's actually a really cool new tool out there now. I think they've modified it for use on smartphones, but you can actually take your coffee grounds spread them out on a white piece of paper and take a picture of it with your smartphone. And then there's an app that will tell you how consistent your particles are. Now this is is for the nerds out there. But it's pretty cool that it actually has that capability to to analyze how perfect your grind is with that. And uh, a little bit of searching can probably find that find that app if you're if you're interested.
0: That's incredible. I will definitely find that and link to it probably for people. (laughs) Anything else before uh, we close up shop for the week, Chris?
1: Yeah, I uh, just want to talk a little bit more about grind sizes for different coffee brewing. So okay. we've already discarded half our grind settings, but that still means there's a bunch more grind settings available. Depending on your coffee brewer and a French press, you know, we, we know that you just kind of want them to be pretty coarse. And if you take that halfway point, that's going to be pretty good for a French press. But for other brewing methods like a manual pour, um, you know, your, your grandma might have a device called a Melita. is like a little plastic cone that sits on top of a coffee mug and you pour water over it. Or maybe your, your hipster friend has a, a ceramic or a glass device that he puts on top of his coffee mug and he weighs it all out and he has the gooseneck swan neck kettle and he pours it and times it. Well, the grind size that you're using can actually impact how long it takes the water to flow through the coffee. In our previous episode, we said we want the brewing time to take three to six minutes. Well, if you're using a device that's not like a French press, any device that doesn't have a means of controlling the time. In a French press, you you plunge the filter down onto the grounds. And so that controls your time by, by hand. The other method of controlling your time of brewing is actually your grind size. So you can make your grind finer to extend the time of brewing to get it into that three to six minutes or to reduce your time of brewing to get it into that three to six minutes. Generally, when we talk about how the grind impacts the flavor or impacts the brewing, you know, number one is consistency, but then the number two is to use your grind size to control your time of extraction and get it into that three to six minutes. And from there, just experiment with what tastes best to you.
0: That's a lot to take in today, but I think that it, it was really helpful. I know buying a grinder was one of the more intimidating things in part because there are so many settings and so many things and so many options. And it's like, I may not know what's best. Luckily, I had you to fall back on. So I appreciate your help today with the show. And I appreciate uh, all your help in the past. I actually did buy that Bodum that we that we had talked about previously. That's the one I got.
1: Excellent. And you don't use any of the settings over that midpoint, right? No, I just use the one setting. I set it and I forget it. There you go. That's the best way to do it.
0: Chris, thank you for being on the show. Uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with you again a few more times this season. And I'll talk to you next week.
1: Excellent. Looking forward to it, Ryan.
0: Thank you for listening to the Roast West Coast podcast and for getting a little coffee smarter with us today. Chris will be back next week to talk about fancy drinks. What's the difference between a cappuccino and an Americano or a macchiato? We're delving into different milks and we'll dig into the controversy surrounding flat whites. It's going to be a great show. If you are craving some coffee right now, go to www.coffee-cycle.com to learn more about Chris's shop and order some coffee. You can also follow at coffee-cycle on Instagram. Just look for links in this show's notes. And if you're just going to let this podcast keep streaming, and I suggest that you do, you'll hear my conversation with Sam and Weston next. They are the dynamic duo behind Manzanita Roasting in Rancho Bernardo, California. I actually just sent one of their holiday gift packs as a wedding gift. In that show, we talk about their journeys to open Manzanita Roasting, what it's like to work with a spouse, and we'll get into why relationships with the farmers themselves might matter more than the actual farm certifications. This show will be back on Tuesday, December 29th with a new episode. In it, I chat with Bev and Lynn, the women behind Mostra Coffee. Mostra is a big deal roaster. They have plenty of awards, plenty of good coffees, and a lot of heart. When I started this show, I made a list of all the great regional roasters I wanted to talk to, and I circled Mostra because they are truly an essential roastery in North County, San Diego. Look for that show, or tell a friend to find it, wherever you're listening to great podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, and basically anywhere else you can listen to a great show. Just search Roast West Coast. If this is the first time you've listened to this show, we're more than halfway through Season 1. And episodes with great local founders and roasters, like the sponsors of this show, Zoombar Coffee and Tea, Steady State Roasting, and Ironsmith Coffee, plus a bunch of Coffee Smarter shows are already out. Be sure to go back and listen to those. We only have a few more weeks of season one to enjoy. Thank you for listening to this show. If you have a moment, please review. It really helps us get found by new listeners. This episode of the Roast West Coast podcast has been produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Happy holidays. Cheers, and as always, be sure to drink good coffee.